to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JeopardyT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Tom Rockliffe retired today. What a fantasy legend. He was remarkable, Jep. He was, mate, and um, yeah, credit to him. Uh, just being a great bloke, and, and good for us as fantasy coaches, and he respected the uh, the fantasy game as well as his football fans. Uh, provided plenty of joy and obviously a lot of high scores along the way. Unfortunately, uh, no premiership got close last year with Port Adelaide. But, yeah, injuries have uh, caught up to him really quickly and he bows out of the game. But uh, fantastic. Thank you very much for Rocky. All right, Jeff, yet another week to adapt to late uh, changes. Josh Kelly on Friday, he broke about an hour. That news broke about an hour before game. So there was actually time to adapt and make some decisions based on on that. But the other one was Callum Mills. It was just like five minutes prior to game time. He was doing some warm-ups, and all of a sudden it gets withdrawn from that game. Now, John Longmire from Sydney said post-game that he's been dealing with his Achilles injury um, all year, which is quite news to me, and you know I'm over the news, is that you know that, that all of a sudden pops up as um, pretty much important news for fantasy players, and then all of a sudden uh, he's a question mark for this week, uh, Longmire did say today that if he is right to play, well, he's definitely playing, he needs that load in his Achilles. But, yeah, uh, five minutes prior to game time, and no really adjustments uh, are available to be made from fantasy coaches because you don't have that time to absorb the news. And the other thing is is that if you didn't have bench cover or at least solid bench cover, uh, there was a lot of pain there, Jeff. Yeah, there was. It was for me. You know, I had Connolly covering. I couldn't reverse trades, and it was... Yeah, hard luck story, and, and and as simple as that, and it just reinforces the fact that we need adequate bench cover. Uh, now, Josh Kelly uh, was quad tightness, so it was interesting because you could have made an argument for benching uh, Kelly just for the week because it didn't sound like he was going to be a long-term type of injury, and upgrading bench cover, would you agree with that? Yeah, you could have done that. I... Um... There were plenty of options. Even McRae was, you know, young McRae, if he floated a good score, I think you could have run with that for the week. It just depended on everyone's circumstances. But to maximise points, you obviously trade out the primo, and, and that's the easiest way to do it. All right. As always, if you retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter, you go in with a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap and uh, giving more away at the end of the season. AFL Ratings Twitter accounts, putting content on there for your fantasy teams. Jump on and follow. All I ask in return for the content are likes and retweets. And additionally, fantasy content on aflratings.com.au. Remember, this podcast, crucially, is focused on AFL Fantasy Classic overall ranking. We are recording this podcast on Tuesday night, August the 10th. And as always, and pretty much... uh, Almost a scheduled tweet now coming out. Make necessary adjustments when news comes to hand. Jeb, and that's just been the last few weeks, hey? Yeah, and it might be, you know, well, it's likely to be for the last two remaining rounds, isn't it? Yep. All right, general questions. Let's go. Bench cover, how important is it for the remaining two rounds of the season? Yeah, look, obviously we saw firsthand what it can do. Um, you know, and even with luxury popular premier players, there still might be a lot of coaches out there that can't really um, improve their bench cover. But um, look, it, it's it's a added spice to the game that um, you know those in the top hundred, especially that are really 
fluctuating in their ranks and we look we just got to do the best we can if there's a luxury trade for me I'm improving the bench cover with the DPP exactly uh, that's pretty much my point right here is that recent games are proof that decent cover is required and and the second point there is me is uh, plus targeting bench cover with flexibility uh, is absolutely crucial all right Jeff would you upgrade your bench for improved cover uh, yeah, again, it depends on everyone's circumstances. I don't have such a luxury, but if I did have one spare trade, for sure, I would look at, um, you know, a discounted primo with a bit of a role change that I could um, float around between two two lines. It's, um, you know, no one really comes to mind. I think Zach Guthrie's potentially one after tunning up, and he's relatively cheap. Um, that's and he covers both mid and defence, so that's that's an example. Yeah, there's potentially an opportunity here because obviously with the rolling lockout, you get to um, choose some early players that you can potentially field on your bench with an emergency and then all of a sudden flip a non-playing player into that if that uh, bench emergency goes off early in the round. All right, Jep, decent matchups, which include players to target this week. I've got a few games, looked at a few players this week. So Gold Coast versus Essendon. Uh, Took Miller for me is one. GWS versus Richmond. Josh Kelly, if he's right to go, Lockie Whitfield and Tim Taranto. But interestingly, Toby Green gets suspended. So we know Tim Taranto uh, can play forward, So which will be interesting. Toby Green's missing just the win one week now. So does, does Taranto go back to the forward line, plays that mid-forward uh, role? And with Josh Kelly, if he gets up, does that impact Tim Taranto? So a little bit uh, to think about right there, but Taranto was outstanding last week. Uh, Melbourne versus Adelaide. Now... The narrative here is that sometimes after a showdown, uh, teams can have a little bit of a letdown. Now, that Port Adelaide and Adelaide game was highly contested. It was on. So Melbourne, even though they played in the wet, you know, could they get Adelaide on a downward spiral and pretty much put up some pretty decent fantasy numbers? So uh, Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca for me. Now... The other one there is Rolly O'Brien has been ruled out for round 22. So Max Gorn is a premium player this week. Now, he's all highly owned anyway, but he's a potential to be a vice-captain or even even a straight-up captain option there. Uh, the other game there is Port Adelaide versus Carlton. So how, does, how do the Blues play with you know the David T. Cloud right there as well? And you know, Port Adelaide can score quite heavy um Fantasy numbers, so Ollie Wines and Carl Amon, and now even Dan Houston is back in town. And the other one there is that Hawthorne put up some pretty big numbers against Collingwood last week. So Brisbane, you know, with Jared Lyons and Dane Zorko, I probably wouldn't go Lockie Neal coming back off illness, but, you know, he he does have a ceiling as well. But Brisbane versus Collingwood is a potential there as well. Any one of those you liked it? Yeah, I do like Petrarch against Adelaide, um, and I do like Whitfield against Richmond. So, yeah, plenty of fish, um, really good matchups this week. And like I said before, we're probably most of us are going to trade one premium at least um, between the Mills injury and the potential Walsh um, rest or injury. We'll see what happens there. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of thought into the, into this now of sideways trades, targeting, you know, a Miller against Essendon is probably the ideal one if you can afford it. Yeah, and Patrick Dangerfield is in that conversation as well. So he's, I would say at this stage, I would prob- probably put him at probable for this week. So, but we've still got to wait for clearance that he is good to go. But yeah, he's in that conversation of potentially missing this week again, Jeff. 
Yeah, look, that's, um, again, a bit unfortunate and, and just rotten luck um, of the contest and, and a stray elbow. So, look, it, it's, yeah, we've got a plan ahead. Dangerfield probably will rest the week um, at least. So he's hoping, yeah, Walsh gets up. You know, a lot of coaches would have all three, Mills, Walsh and Dangerfield. So there's a lot of head-scratch moments this week, I think. Yeah, Dangerfield, danger I would say, pretty bit probable. So uh, has, definitely hasn't been ruled out at this stage. And, and from what I get the feeling, I think he should play. But, you know, obviously check news uh, as the week progresses. All right, Jet, we're going to talk ownership now. So top 20 five ownership after round 21 so max gorn 100 percent awesome matchup this week coming up Brody grundy 88 percent now riley o'brien as i have just mentioned that he is out for round 22 and that's a knee concern hasn't been ruled out for the remainder of the season which is interesting he uh 12 percent last week he was so three coaches are going to have to make that move this week jeb thoughts on any one of those yeah look the o'brien one is interesting i think you've got no choice really you've got to go to grundy and head you know unless Oh, yeah. what's um, what's your mate from Richmond's name? I forget. It's Nank. Uh, Nank. Nank could be one. You know, you could go real left field like that. But, yeah, if I'm top 25, I think I just play it safe for Grundy. Okay, defenders now. Rory Laird, 100%. Aaron Hall, 96%. Jake Lloyd, 80%. Lockie Whitfield, 76%. Jack Crisp, 64%. Tom Stewart, 48%. Now, Callum Mills, obviously, again, that was five minutes prior to game time and 48% retained in that top 25. Jep, your thoughts on any one of those? Yeah, so half got burnt. Um, yeah, look, I think the, those top six are really solidified, aren't they, um, for our defenders? So there's no real surprises there. Okay, Jaden Short, 32%. Isaac Cumming, 20%. Jordan Ridley, 20%. Dan Houston, back in town last week, 20%. Jack Zeebel, I think, you know, if the Kangaroos are going to start conceding inside 50s to finish off the season, he's not bad. Again, 20%. Uh, Kieran Briggs, uh, 20%, and that was on ground. Uh, starting ruck for the uh, Giants last week with no Shane Mufford. Uh, Caleb Daniels, so he did see a bit of midfield usage with regards to the Bulldogs struggling uh, for midfielders. So that was out last week, and just a very low score for Daniel. So 16% for him. Nick Newman, uh, good score last week, but he's volatile, 16% again. Uh, Daniel Rich, 12%, and Christian Salem down at 4% has been quite volatile as well. Jep, thoughts on any one of those? Yeah, look, the Briggs one's interesting. Obviously, that might have been a, a switcheroo with the emergency after he's 79. Um, no, again, I think all those numbers are, are, are reasonable. I still don't feel safe holding Ridley or Houston or uh, Newman, those volatile scoring types. I think, if again, you, if you've got the luxury, you, you shore up those positions and those players with um, higher primos. Okay, midfielder Zach Merritt, 100%. Tom Mitchell, 96%. Jack McRae, 88%. Tim Taranto, 88%. Um, most people held. Uh, and Sam Walsh, 80%. So he was injured in that last minute of the game. Um, he is questionable for this week, but it's likely he's going to get up and play. Again, 80%. Your thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? Uh Yeah, obviously that's all. It's been pretty consistent all year with those four, and um, he's hoping Walsh can get up this week. Clayton Oliver, 44%. Great matchup this week. Darcy Parrish, 36%. Jack Steele, 36%. Took Miller, 28%. Taylor Adams, 24%. Ollie Wines, 24%. Andrew Gaff, 20%. Jared Lyons, 20%. Bailey Smith, 16%. Brad Cratch, 12%. Thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? 
Yeah, look, Lions is a bit of a unique choice in that one, um, even though he's semi-popular. Uh, he's the one I would target, other than Took Miller and Steele, which are their top two. Just some low-owned players there. Jeremy Sharp there, 8%. Andrew Brayshaw, 8%. Now he's out for this week as well, so that suspension stands. As of tonight, Jep, uh, Tim Kelly, 8%. Cam Guthrie, 8%. Jai Simpkin, 8%. Lockie Neal. Now, you know, he's very low-owned. Does have a ceiling, which we know. Comes off illness, you know, and a very good matchup against Collingwood this week. But I would suspect Lions... And Zorko would be better targets. But yes, he does have a ceiling. Marcus Bontempelli, 4%. Now, the interesting one with Bontempelli is that Josh Bruce, unfortunately, goes down with an ACL injury. So we know Bont can play forward. It sounded like in his interview this morning that, you know, that's an option for him to play a little bit more forward in midfield. But, you know, uh, Sweet could come back into that team, which would mean English could go forward. So I think that might be the better option. But, yeah, just keep an eye on that Bontempelli issue for the last couple of rounds. Uh, Christian Petrago, I agree with you. He's got a pretty good matchup this week against the Crows. Uh, Caleb Sarong, excellent score on the weekend, 4%. Adam Scherer, 4% as well. Thoughts on any one of those, Jeb? Yeah, I think Sarong now without Brayshaw. Um, Sarong's problem, or hindrance, I suppose, is his time on ground. And he finally got a decent run on it on the weekend. And look what happens. He scores 118. So, look, keep, we've got to keep an eye on Hutchings from West Coast and what Simo does with that tag. Um, Hutch tried to tag Oliver and mm. kept him relatively quiet last night. It, um, I don't think it worked with Hutch tagging and then playing Vardy, um, Kennedy and the extra tools. Like it, there was just too many tools in the wet plus Hutchings as a lockdown. So it was tall. Yeah, I I was mate, in the bleachers last night looking at it and I'd scratch my head at times. So. Um, I think Sarong's in for a big one, and he's obviously cheap enough to nab pretty easily. Uh, well, if Hutchings does go to someone, it's potentially maybe a Monday or even a Chera. Yeah, I think it'd be Monday if he plays at all. It wouldn't surprise me if Hutch got dropped because it just threw them out a bit. Mm. I, I just, again, I, I feel like I know my team pretty well, and they just lacked that. Um, that first hands on the ball, and if it wasn't for Nick Nat, especially after the break, after that interlude in the last quarter, um, you know, Nick Nat makes our midfield look a lot better than it actually is. So keep that in mind. Okay, forwards now, Jordan Degoe, 96%. Again, Patrick Dangerfield, questionable at this stage. I would think he would be okay to play. 88%, again, with that throat concern. Rowan Marshall now, jackpot a couple of weeks ago into another bit of a jackpot last week when Paul Hunter is out of that team and Paddy Ryder doesn't get up. Now, Ryder's questionable for this week, so just keep an eye on that if you're still targeting Marshall, but he's still pretty much value if he's going to solo ruck there, 88% again. Lockie Hunter struggled a little bit, 64%. Steel side bottom there, 56%. Thoughts on any one of those, Chip? No, again, I think, you know, Dugowie is a sensible one given his new role, and, yeah, they're obvious picks. Now, Josh Kelly, uh, 100% owned last week. Now, uh, fantasy coaches had an hour to consume the news that he was going to be laid out, and Jeb, 88% of coaches in that top 25 got rid of Josh Kelly, so which was quite interesting. So just 12% owned. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, wow. I mean, those 12% really hope he's playing this week, um, especially after the contract he's just signed too. So, uh, oh, look, nervous moments. I think, yeah, there's a lot of potentials of, of laid outs and, and the rest of it. I think we're lucky in a sense where 
the latter positions, you know, Melbourne and Bulldogs need to win this week to shore up a top two spot effectively. So they're going to throw the kitchen sink out this week. But, you know, there might be rests for those holding niggles. I think Geelong still want to keep their top two chances alive. So, yeah, a bit of politics to play out with the ladder in all positions, not just um, the last seventh and eighth position as well publicised. Yeah, the Giants are wholly motivated to make finals because they're obviously well and truly in the race. Now, again, Josh Kelly was quad tightness, so it didn't sound too serious pre-game, although they did rule him out and he did not play. Now, he's not on their injury report this week, so uh, as far as I'm concerned, if he's not on there or any communication coming out of GWS, he's good to go this week. So I would be highly surprised at this stage. Now, it's a potential, but I would be highly surprised uh, if he doesn't play this week. So, you know, again, like those 12% that held are pretty much in a decent position, but yeah. I would I would actually be going straight back onto him because... Uh, yeah, well, I don't think it uh, against Richmond is too bad of a matchup. Now, the other thing is, a couple of things here. It's the Friday night game, so you're going to have to burn that trade to get him in, straight back in. Now, he's low-owned as well, so you're pretty much going to come up with a, right. a, a pod straight away. So, man, if he's good to go, oh, it's one trade that I would be happy to pull the trigger on early. But, you know, you've you still got another eight games to go after that, Jeff. Yeah, and that's a risk, you know, as an example, that's why I got caught out with Mills because I'd burnt my two trades um, by the Friday night. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of Russian roulette, isn't it? It's But I do, the biggest part of it is Kelly is now a unique primo that can obviously turn up and got a big ceiling. So mm. th- that makes him a pretty juicy target. Now, we, we talked about FOMO with Grundy a few weeks ago post-buy, and that FOMO was real, and it was easy to predict that if he's going to post a big score, that everyone's just going to go there. Now, you know, Kelly's one, again, I agree with you, he's got a pretty decent ceiling, and he, at Marvel Stadium, under that roof, man, he's just going to run around collecting those plus sixes. So, you know, I think it's a good move to go back to him. Again, he's not even on the injury report. So, you know, I, I'd be pretty comfortable trading him back in. But, yeah, don't don't forget, he's an early trade, so you've only got one more for the rest of the weekend. Oh, Jeff. You've got to remember, sorry, you've got to just lastly, you've got to remember, it's it's pretty much finals early for GWS and Richmond. Whoever loses is out of the finals race. Um, yeah, so it's a huge, huge game. And, um, yeah, we'll, be, we'll see how it plays out. Just to finish off the forwards there, Dane Zorko, I still think he's a target there, 40%. Uh, Sean Darcy's still getting it done, fantastic, 32%. Matthew Kennedy, obviously, back in that midfield. Now, if Walsh, does, Walsh doesn't get up this week... Um, it's 16%. He he does have a pretty decent ceiling as well. Uh, Josh Dunkley really hasn't got it done since his return from injury. 8%. Jaden Stevenson is volatile, but does have a monster ceiling. Again, 8%. And Nick Hine there at 8%. Harry Schoenberg, 4%. Jake Stringer, 4%. And Taron Thomas, a little bit of a unique there at 4%. Jeff, thoughts on any one of those? Yeah, Zorko is a surprising one. I thought that his ownership, especially after Kelly's laid out, would have been a lot higher. Mm. Okay, Jeb, who are your five targets for round 22, assuming you don't own any? Took Miller, for, for sure, number one. Christian Petrarca, number two. I think he's still playing for some accolades, and like I said, Melbourne need to shore up top two. Jared Lyons, really like that matchup this week. Uh, Lockie Whitfield against Richmond. He's just going to run around under the roof and um, have a field day. And then, yeah, as a bit of a different sort of last pick is Caleb Sarong. No Brayshaw. Someone's got to run the show in the midfield. West Coast have been great. Um, and, yeah, he should get more time on ground and more points. Okay, my top five, almost similar to you. 
we've got Chuck Miller, number one, Clayton Oliver against the Crows this week, number two, Christian Petrarca, number three. And this is a matchup theme for me this week. So obviously Miller has a very good matchup against Essendon. Uh, Jared Lyons against the Maypies, number four. And Dane Zorko, number five, against the Maypies. So that is matchup theme for me. And I think they're, in order, uh, pretty decent targets for matchups this week. And pretty much with two rounds to go, you're pretty much playing a single week uh, DFS contest where you're pretty much trying to target those players that are going to hit a high ceiling jet, yeah? Yeah, for sure, 100%. You know, and for me, I'm probably going to VC to Miller because he's lowly owned out of you know, the majority of premier mids. Okay, notable low break evens. To target. So here we go, Jeff. Connor Nash getting some midfield time. Uh, 92 last week, 344k, minus 15 break even. I don't mind it at all. Josh Honey, uh, 232 minus 12 break even. Cooper Sharman, key forward for the Saints, 222 minus 8 break even. Kieran Briggs, hopefully he goes number one ruck again for the Giants. He's only at 306k, Jeff, and minus 4 break even. Imagine putting him into utility spot, you know, and... But he's, he's got to be pretty much that um, first game of the week. So you've got to keep yeah. that in mind there as well. Uh, James Peatling a little bit slower last week, obviously with Sam Taylor going off. Uh, Alex scored 44 points, but 240k minus four break even. Hugo Ralph Smith was actually quite good for the Tigers. 71, 217k minus three break even. Finlay McRae is getting pretty decent midfield usage. Jeff. Now he's at 285k, but you're probably expecting a score around about 65 to 70 minus two break even. His matchup against Lions isn't too flash this week and Thompson Dow uh, pretty good game last week also for the Tigers 73 212k minus 2 break even thoughts on any one of those Jip? I think Connor Nash sort of fits in a little bit even though he's not DPP with um, some bench cover mm. you know back to back 90s and, and it's an option in for the forward line um but yeah, look, McRae's finally coming good and he's getting the role we thought he was going to get from day dot. So um, everyone else, Briggs as well, they're the three, Nash, Briggs and uh, McRae. All right, Jeff, we're going to talk about 90 players here. So let's go. I'm going to give you a line and uh, come back at you with your thoughts. All right, Jack Steele, big target. I don't think there's any issues here. However, however, he plays against the Cats this week, so it's not really an easy matchup. Do you target him here, here at 977k? Maybe not, but I still love him. No, I don't target him this week just because of the Geelong matchup and how they can lock down. Um, typically, Steel just rises above anyway, but it's still, you know, you, you can go better options, obviously, for that price. Took Miller, 946k, great matchup this week. Love him. Yeah, same. We've harped on it already. Tom Mitchell, a huge ceiling game last week, 910k. Yeah, look, keeps going, doesn't he? I, um, I don't own him, and it's killing me. So, um, yeah, lots of love. Absolutely. Okay, Jared Lyons, very good matchup this week against Collingwood at 863k. Do like it, Chip? Yeah, I love it. I reckon he's he's one for um, the indifferent, you know, POD move for the week. Uh, Christian Petrarca, obviously lowly owned there as well, 831k. I think there's a bit of a sneaky pick here, Chip. I really like it. Yeah, uh, he's, you know, we set our top five earlier, so Petrarca's got to be on everyone's radar. Rory Laird, nothing to do here. He's highly owned anyway, 853k. Still loving, Chip. Yeah, consistent and just a champion. Aaron Hall exiting D50 for the Kangaroos. Still love it and very much a high ceiling player and obviously still a target for a VC or C option, Jep. Yeah, agree with you everywhere there, mate. Ollie Wines. Now, he played a little bit forward last week against the Crows, so a little bit interesting there. So 833k, again, uh, potentially there could be a bit of a, a flat spot 
coming off a showdown. But I still don't mind his matchup against the Blues this week, Jep. So I like the pick, but yeah, um, be a little bit where he did play forward last week, Jep. Yeah, I'm not with Ollie Wines here. I think the season's caught up with him a bit, and he might have a bit of general soreness and a few niggles. So, um, yeah, I'd avoid him. Callum Mills, obviously uh, Achilles soreness. So for me, if you don't own him, I think it's a total avoid. Now, again, John Longmire hasn't really guaranteed his spot this week, so which is really concerning if you still own him, Jeff. And again, half the field in that top 25 do own Callum Mills. So it's a really interesting one. Uh, if you don't own him, it's a complete avoid. And obviously, monitor the news. I think Sydney will go early on his selection in team. So at least it might get give us you know 24, 48 hours to really decide what to do with Mills if he doesn't play. Jeff, 8:30k. Yeah, it's um, if you own him, you've got to really look at trading him. I um, I'm just adamant about anyone with an injury cloud, you just get rid of. Yeah. So. I'm going to back over what I said earlier, is that Longmire in his presser today said if he's good to go, he's going to play and he needs to play. So I think team selection will be uh, quite crucial and I think they'll give us the heads up whether he's playing or not on Thursday night. I think if he gets selected, I think he should be playing. So, But yeah, really tough one this late in the year to deal with an Achilles injury. So the only reason, sorry, Pete, is I don't expect him to play because Sydney can't do better than fifth or sixth on the ladder. Mm. So why would they play? Mm. You know, they're not gaining anything here. So just the listeners got to keep that in mind and and that could come into fruition. Yeah, again, so as John Longmire said today in his presser that if he's right to play, they will play him. So he has really, he backed over that a couple of times. So... I think I think if they name him on Thursday night, he's going to play. And you know, the one thing I didn't really understand, and, and John Longmire didn't understand as well, is that apparently with Achilles loading, that you do need to play. So you need to keep that in him. And sitting in quarantine for two weeks was uh, pretty much a detriment to his fitness with regards to his Achilles tendonitis. So you know, I think if he's named on Thursday night, he should play. But yeah, obviously you still got to monitor every piece of information coming out of Sydney on this trip. Yeah, okay, I didn't know that about the loading. That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah uh, complete news to me. And obviously, again, with you know, and Longmire comes out and says that he's been dealing with his injury all year, and it was used news to me on Saturday night that that was an even issue this year. So quite interesting on team injuries and what teams do provide out to the general public. So again, all right, we'll move on from Mills. Sam Walsh, now obviously in the last minute of that game, I heard his ankle uh, questionable for this week. Apparently should be okay to play 823k Jep. There's no way I'm targeting him. And if you've got a luxury trade, I might even get off him, Jep. Yeah, exactly. Again, anyone with an injury cloud, you jump off. Zach Merritt, 817k up against Gold Coast. Now, you know, Gold Coast were pretty good on the weekend and they were really contested inside that midfield. So do they give Zach Merritt the room and space this week? If I've got Merritt, there's no way known I'm moving off him. And I pretty much would guarantee most people would not. Uh, so I would pretty much stick in that crowd, Jeb, 817k. Yeah, he's going to get it done against the Suns, mate. There's no doubt about it. Dane Zorko, yeah, again, not that high ownership in that top 25, Jeb, 814k. A great matchup against the Meat this week. God, it has to be a target for those coaches that don't own him, like near near the top. So, you know, those top six forwards are pretty rare, and he's got the ceiling. So, yeah, just surprises me. Now, just one at you, Jeb. People have got Dangerfield. I actually might make that move anyway, regardless whether he gets up and plays. Because, you know, the Saints were actually pretty good last week. They might not give Dangerfield the time and space. 
So he's still got his legs, still got his arms, so there's no issue there. So he's quite healthy from that point of view. But yeah, it might be a bit of a unique move there getting off Dangerfield Jet. What are you thinking? Yeah, agree. 1,000%. If you can do it, a Dangerfield up to Zorko, I would definitely be doing that. Okay, Andrew Brayshaw obviously suspended for this week. And just on that as well, obviously he was tagged last week from Jared Berry. So, you know, if he was going to play this week, the potential tag again. But, yeah, obviously uh, the last week of the season. If the Dockers are still in it, you know, there's a potential there as well. But 8.07K um, next week he will be as well, Jip. So just your thoughts on Brayshaw for the last game of the season? Yeah, look, we'll cross that bridge. I, I think I, I'm... Anyone that's had a big year like Brayshaw has, a week rest can really rejuvenate him for the last game especially. So, um, yeah, I like the Brayshaw pick for the last round for sure. Braden Fiorini still getting it done in that Suns midfield, 792k, Jep. We live in a crazy world, my friend, and uh, Fiorini is making us all look bad. He just gets it done. Uh, no fears on Brody Grundy, 787k, Jep. I like it still. Uh, yeah, of course. It's business as usual. Uh, Jai Simkin, still unique there, 787k. He's up there in price, probably not value at that peak, but still getting the scores done, Jep. Yeah, so, I, again, it's he's he's getting it done for sure, but there's better picks in, than Simkin, I think. Marcus Bontempelli, 782k. Potential for forward usage, but we've got to wait and see on team selection with um, with uh, Bevo. And the one thing is what we know with Bevo, he can move the magnets around, Jep. Yeah, you can. And um, look, it'll be interesting because dogs are starting to get depleted with their tools. You know, Shaki, although he's been playing in the back line, um, had a bit of a niggle as well. So it's it's interesting. Bont hasn't probably polled any Brownlow votes the last couple of weeks, so that might make that uh, Monday Brownlow night interesting because, uh, yeah, I, I've just got that in the back of my mind and I hope the big fella gets it done and he's by getting it done in the midfield and not camped in the forward line. Jack Crisp, still like him, struggled a bit in the weekend, but still got there, 782k, Jep. Oh, he always gets there. He's just a machine, that bloke, and um, I, this is the best season. He, he's had great years previously in the same similar role, but this year's been above and beyond. Jack McRae, still like him there, 780k, Jep. Yeah, he'll peak. He'll peak now. Um, he, he showed a lot last week. Cam Guthrie, Holly, unique, Jeb. 777K. Now, tough matchup against the Saints this week. Now, if Danger's ruled out, you know, Guthrie could see some attention potentially. But uh, Holly, unique, Guthrie is. Yeah, he is. And um, still, it's a big target for many. So, um, no, firmly in everyone's calculations this week. Clayton Oliver, 773K. Good matchup this week, Jeb. Yeah, and won't get tagged. So, well, Schoenberg could go to him, but who knows? Um, like I said, he's he was handball happy because he had someone on his hip the whole game last night. That's all. Carl Amon, good matchup against the Blues this week, Jep. 7-7-2-K. Yeah, he's a sneaky little, you know, real left field pick I like now in these last two weeks. So, yeah, don't mind an Amon at all. Uh, Taylor Adams in that midfield for Collingwood, obviously, 770k. Don't mind it still, Jeff, but yeah, obviously he's had his knee injuries this year. So just got to wonder, is there a potential for a wind down early in the remaining parts of the season? Now, he would not want to do that because he's a bit of a psychopath and he just loves playing. But yeah, just a little bit of an interesting play there of Adams. Do you still target him? You don't. Again, it's, it's, I've said it about 14 times already this podcast. Anyone with an injury history or concern, niggle, you just avoid. Max Gorn, what a matchup for him this week, Jep. So no Raleigh O'Brien and 765K, uh, definitely a VC or C option. 
has to be a VC option. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much no-brainer, isn't it? Josh Kelly, obviously a unique this week, hitting just 12% of the top 25 gyps, so 762K. Um, I'm play, I'm targeting him if I didn't own him. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll potentially pull the trigger on that move earlier, Jip. Yeah, we, we, it's interesting because we've got Kelly and Zorko as pretty much uniques in the forward line. So, uh, you know, Kelly's slightly cheaper. It's a it's a real left field one. I think the majority goes Kelly if he plays because it's the Richmond matchup. But then you got Zorko against Collingwood. And, mm. oh, it's the right for the picking. So you can't go wrong with Kelly. God, if you've got some spare cash, get off Dangerfield and, and upgrade to uh, have a Kelly and Zorko sort of situation for this week. That'd be pretty decent, Jip. Yeah, ideally, yeah. Okay, Jordan Degoe, obviously plenty of midfield usage for there for the Magpies. 751k, still love it, Jip. Yep, of course, he's going to keep going. Ben Keys obviously had that hand issue there, but he struggled for some scores recently, Jip, so not one for me at this stage, 750k. Yeah, you jump off for sure. Paris, same situation. Obviously, Shield comes back into that team, 746k. It's probably not the situation I'd be targeting Parrish at this stage of the year, although he's had a fantastic year. He has, but, um, you know, his owner's still wanting to show the potential that he's shown early in the season. That's not coming. Um, I suppose it's a luxury trade. You know, if you're in the top 100 or top 200, for that matter, you'd look at offloading a Parrish, wouldn't you? Luke Parker, 744k. Doesn't have that monster ceiling, but still can get it done. I don't mind it, but, yeah, we're chasing ceiling games right here now, Jip. Yeah, again, I just, I just believe City aren't playing for much. Um, they can't finish lower than sixth and higher than fifth. So, um, yeah, they Parker's one of the oldest stalwarts there. So, no, I'd avoid him. Sean Darcy obviously had some injury issues recently, 721K. Still getting it done, but I'm not targeting him, Jep. And if I've still got him, I, I might actually even hold. Gee whiz, I mean, painkillers must be dime a dozen these days. They're working wonders for the big fella. How he's running around on one knee um, is baffling at his size, but he's getting it done, and, you know, Freo want to make the top eight, and he'll be a problem for Natanui this week for sure. It's... Again, I'd, I'd maintain my rule. Anyone with an injury history, you trade, including Darcy. Chris Main, retirement narrative, Jep. So can he rack up those disposals to finish out his career? Probably. You know, and Brisbane would be a pretty good matchup in that respect. You know, Collingwood would want to hold the ball off Brisbane and frustrate them a bit. And, yeah, he could bob up for sure. And a unique, obviously. Tim Taranto, 716K, monster game last week, Jeb. I like it, but yeah, we've just got to keep an eye out what happens with regards to Leon Cameron this week with regards to who's going to play that forward role in place of Toby Green, Jeb. Leon Cameron po- could not possibly move Taranto out of the midfield. You would be, after his performance last week, and he was a ma- massive um, influence in that win, I would be baffled if he was moved out of that midfield and then they lost in in you know with what's on the line for them so no he's got to stay in that engine room for mine yeah if it, if i've got tim taranto there's no way i'm trading taranto out obviously he's a high ceiling type of player but yeah just you just got to wonder how how that plays out for gws this week so anyway we'll see how that plays out but yeah definitely not a trade for me no way okay hugh mccluggage so neil comes back into that team, 714k. Uh, for me, I do like him, but not with Neil back in that team, Jip. Yeah, likewise. I think he, he's he's got potential and he's still cheap enough, actually, as a primo. So, 
I'd see him as a discounted premium, if but you know he's hoping he can go a bit better. Tom Stewart, uh, pretty much getting it done recently. So seven eleven k Jeb. I think if you need to upgrade at defender, uh, there's pretty much the, he's the one. I think. Yeah, Mills to to uh, Tom Stewart would be pretty popular, I'd say. So yeah, the uh, the Geelong catalyst are holding the ball and doing what they do, and Tom Stewart's loving it. So. All Australian halfback again, Tom Stewart will be. Bailey Smith, 709K. Still putting up some decent scores, but I'm not going there with Bevo and what he could do, yeah? Yeah, no no way. Daniel Rich, uh, putting up some decent numbers recently for Lions. We know he takes plenty of kick-ins, 708K. A uh, little, little bit of a unique there, I would imagine, Jeff. Yeah, and, and worth probably a punt at this time of the year if, you, if you're daring to be different for overall rank, for sure. Uh, Jake Lloyd, he's highly owned there, so 706k. I don't, I like it, but I'm actually going up to Tom Stewart instead of Lloyd. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Even I'd actually go rich ahead of Lloyd just for the difference. You know, if you don't own Lloyd, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be jumping on that boat. I'd be going very different. Um, Lloyd can really sting you, and I've been a Lloyd owner for half the season, and it's been quite a frustrating ride. Now, Josh Dunkley. Now, just said with Bailey Smith, not going there with regards to Bevo, but what about Josh Dunkley? Really hasn't got going since he's come back from injury. 58 points last week, 706K. Now, I don't target him if I don't own, but the question is here, Jeb, is if, if you did trade him in, what are you going to do? You just pray, don't you? Um, against Hawthorne, it could, the matchup could be worse. I, I, yeah, it's it's just one of these things where there's too many mouths to feed and, and you know, but Dunks hasn't been consistent for a couple of weeks or well, a few weeks now and he missed the Melbourne game too. So, yeah, 58 against the Bombers. We're expecting a lot better than Hawthorne and Port in the last two. Non-owners obviously don't go there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much making a move, I would believe. Okay, Paul Seedsman, not really for me. 699k, better options there, Jep. Yeah, agreed. Adam Chera, 697k. Still getting it done. I, I don't mind the picking. Very unique. Yeah, I don't mind the Again, West Coast have not been able to contain, other than with a hard tag, the opposition mids. And if I'm right, Hutchings doesn't play this week. Now, Lockie Neal, great matchup this week, but he has been battered and bruised this season. Jep, 696k. I love his matchup this week. But can you go there? I'm on the fence. No, I'm not going there. No way. Andrew Gaff, so 694k. Now, up against the Dockers in a derby. So, you know, can you target Gaff this week, Jep? I don't mind it. Mate, I don't mind it either. I think it's a great get. It's just how you see the Brisbane game panning out, especially with the Jared Berry potentially tagging him in that game. So, Hmm. on the outside. So, I think you've got to have the two-week look ahead. And if I look ahead the two weeks, I, I avoid him. Ryan Marshall, Jackpot and Jackpot, two weeks in a row, 690k. Keep an eye on that news with regards to Paddy Ryder returning this week. So if you've got Marshall, great, I'm not moving out. But if you're still trying to target Marshall, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that uh, Ryder news, Jeff. Yeah, and he should go okay against Stanley. I mean, Stanley's probably not as bad as a tap ruckman as one thing. He's not by far not the greatest, but um, neither is Marshall. So... I'm not going near Marshall for these last two games, personally. Lockie Whitfield, not fully owned in that top 25, 688k. I think of that price point, Jep, that's quite a lot of value. 
Yeah, I'm bringing him in this week. I actually don't own him. So um, it's Mills to Lockie Whitfield for me. Luke Dunstan, 683k. I think there are better options in that midfield, Jeff. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, Dyson Heppel, uh, likely to return this week with regards to his thumb, but any type of thumb injury with regards to an AFL player, I'm getting the hell out of there, and I'm not even targeting 683k. Jeff, it's a no for me. Yeah, it's a no for me too, and I think, you know, Essendon lose this week. They're pretty much out of the race. Um, you know, they should beat the Suns, but, you know, anything can happen. Zach Jones, plenty of other options there I would take over Jones, 682k, Jeff. Yeah, I'd avoid him. Jaden Short, obviously, you don't have to pay too much more to get Stuart or Lloyd or even Daniel Rich. I don't mind Short still, uh, but can provide some volatile scoring, 678k, Jeff. No, you're not going there. It, it, that is crazy risk, and um, no, you can do way better. Jack Zebel. Now, if the Kangaroos can give up some inside 50s, and what we did see early in the year is that you know, Zebel and Hall just absolutely go off. 674k, Jeb. I actually don't mind this pick. Yeah, he's he's really cheap now, So, but he just hasn't shown that ceiling game. So you want that extra 20 points. Um, so it's someone else for me. I think, you know, I still consider Zebel as, as the forward and, um, sorry, as a forward, top six forward, not defender. And, um, yeah, I think Zorko and Kelly are the two main options there. So Zebel misses out. Riley O'Brien obviously ruled out for this week, Jeff. Uh, you're not holding trading straight out, yeah? Yeah, of course. Tom Liberatore, plenty of other options there, Jeff. 672k. I would not go with Liber. Um, pretty much can put up a pretty decent score, but not a ceiling game for me. Yeah, no, you couldn't do it. Jordan Dawson, I'd probably head elsewhere. Don't mind him, he's had a really good year. 672k? No, not for me. Caleb Daniels, 671k. So I did spend some time in that midfield, but, you know, with some players back, uh, is out of there now, 671k. Who knows what's going to happen with Bevo, but I'm definitely not targeting Daniel. Yeah, I don't mind the Daniel pick. I think um, you know he offers a ceiling game and he's still cheap enough and obviously a point of difference amongst the top coaches. So there's a bit to be gained potentially. Taron Thomas uh, is putting up some pretty decent scores and is wholly unique, Jeff. 671k. I actually pretty much like this pick. Yeah, me too. I think um, I've pretty much locked him in for next year <laughs> as well. Oh. So um, there's there's a lot to like as an all supporter when you've got Thomas in your 22. And um, for fantasy coaches, you know, if it's now or next year, there's um, plenty to be gained as well. Travis Boat, 668k. I'm looking at other options there, Jeff. Yeah, for sure. Same. So am I. Jed Anderson now in that midfield for the Kangaroos, 66k. I don't mind it, but, yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to trust myself to pick that. It's just too risky, isn't it, mate? So, um, yeah, you'd look elsewhere. Isaac Smith managed last week, so his potential to come back in. He will be unique, Jeff, 66K. Got to look at a guy like Smith, very cheap. You know, these older fellas that come fresh off a break, they love it, should do well. Adam Trelaw scores 90 last week, 658K. He's low enough, it screams value, but, yeah, still coming off that injury, Jeff. Do we trust him with regards to putting up ceiling numbers, which we know he can um, it's pretty much do we trust? I'm pretty much going to say no at this stage, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, look, I couldn't do it. Um, I think, you know, we've just got too many players there. And then after Hawthorne this week, the dogs have got Port Adelaide too, who are traditionally hard to score against. Jack Lukosius, too volatile for me. 67 last week, 6.58k, Jeff. Yeah, no, I couldn't do it. No way. Patrick Dangerfield, 657k. He's low enough to target, and he does scream value here, Jeff. But, you know... 
The Saints this week is a pretty difficult matchup, I would imagine. They could target Dangerfield. So I'm pretty much on the fence if you don't own him, Jeff. Do you target him? I, again, Kelly and Zorgo for me scream out to me better than Danger. Yeah, he couldn't do it. I think um, even he's likely not to be fully fit, is he? So it's just too risky. You, you couldn't do it. No way. Well, it's just his throat. So his, his legs and everyone, everything else is pretty much okay. But, you know, it's just you know tough match. Yeah, but do they protect him and they keep him forward? Yeah. In, in a sense, you know, I know he... He goes in hard usually, and that's the way he plays, and that's great. But, oh, I mean, and what I also can see is the results of this week. You know, Dangerfield probably goes out again next week, and they just shore him up for finals. So you can't rule that out either. So it's interesting that pre-finals by week, so that pretty much rules out. I would imagine that, you know, the potential mass rest of what we did see many years ago. So I think that's a little bit of a protective measure in there for fantasy coaches. I think that actually benefits us quite a lot, Jack. What are you thinking? It does, and you're right. It's, um, you know, it's just, it's a tough one. I still think with a guy like Dangerford and how valuable he is here, you really got to um, just anticipate that that extra week for him or, or someone else um, with a pretty big well in the age bracket with the injury history so yeah you can't rule it out that's all I'm saying yep fair enough okay Brad Crouch too volatile for me and not only that he's uh, spending some time forward there Jeff. 656k definitely not an option for me yeah, me, me neither. Jaden Stevenson, love his ceiling. We've seen plenty of those this year, but he is highly volatile. So that's one player that I'll be looking to um, put a, an E on with regards to emergency on the bench and see if I can see if he can post a high score and then bring him in for a non-playing player. So for me, I still don't mind the pick, but yeah, volatility is still here with Stevenson. Jep, six five three k. Yeah, that's a lot to have on your bench um, and a massive luxury trade, but there might be a handful of coaches that can do it. And Yeah, Stevenson, again, falls in that bracket of, of DPP and, and, and high ceiling, so it ticks a few boxes. Josh Kennedy, probably not for me. 650K is not bad, but, yeah, I'm t- chasing other targets, Chip. Yeah, me too. He hasn't shown much this year. Todd Goldstein, 648K. I'd pretty much go up to Gorn or Grundy if you don't own either, Chip. Yeah, it's it's. This is where you can dare to be different and hope for the best, but it's probably a, a bridge too far, um, especially with Gorn's matchup this week. Now Tim English uh, potentially play a lot more forward if Jordan Sweet comes in, so that's why I'm putting him in here. Just got to keep an eye out for that. Six forty-eight k, definitely an avoid for me. Yeah, me too. Jack Redden, big ceiling game last night against the Demons. Six forty-three k. I don't mind it again this week, Jeff. Red Dog, one of my favourite players, always gives his all that bloke and um, doesn't get the credit he deserves sometimes. Um, just with all West Coast mids, I, I say it time and time again, it's the consistency of them. You know, usually one bobs up one week and then the other two have a quiet game. So for that reason, I'd avoid him. Sam Menegola, we know he does have a ceiling but really hasn't had many this year. 638k, Jeb, I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yeah, me too. Braden Maynard can put some scores up, but yeah, I'll probably look at other options there. 633k, Jeff. Well, look, again, it's he, with how back in, his role is slightly different. So um, you can look at it, definite big POD. It just comes with a big risk, obviously. Harry Perryman, still don't mind it there. 630k, but can be volatile. Yeah, well, uh, I do like him as a player. It's just that he just needs that little bit more as a as a 
fantasy scorer to um to be valid, doesn't he? Chad Wingard gets it done again, 103 points, 30 disposals against the Magpies. A very good matchup last week for him. So 627k, Jeb, I think it might even be a little bit of a target this week. What are you thinking? I like it. No, I don't. I think the soft matchups that he's had in the last couple of weeks as well. Brisbane was a bit of an exception, but yeah, I think um, there are better options and, and safer options. He's rolling directly through that midfield pretty much. Yeah, I know that, but even still, like if Hawthorne get a bit of a belting, he can have some sour grapes and, and he needs Hawthorne, the players around him to play well for him to play well, and I just think that's... You know, it's unlikely. Oh, the Hawks have actually been pretty good recently, so just... Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. They have been, but, um, yeah, they've got to play well for these last couple of games, and, um, you know, I just... Yeah, I, don't, I just don't see it happening, mate. Send Clarko out on a good note, narrative jet. Oh, he's... And the, the bloke deserves it. And and hopefully that's what they're doing. You know, hopefully mm. that's part of the, the camaraderie amongst the uh, four walls of Hawthorne, and... Yeah, that's probably a good reasoning. Christian Salem, way too volatile for me, 626k. Yeah, look, in the, even in the wet last night, he was disappointing. Um, so, yeah, avoid him. Luke Davis Unaki, so he's getting it done through that midfield for the Kangaroos. Uh, 626k, it's a bit of a left field pick. Uh, probably still not going there, Jip. No, you couldn't do it. Like, it's just too far left field. And again, he's, he's a player that doesn't hasn't really ever shown a ceiling, so why would you do it? Steel side bottom, 622k. I don't mind it, but, yeah, I'd probably look at other options, personally. Yeah, you can do it, and it's not the worst pick you can make, but, you know, we've harped on the two top forwards for this week enough. Luke Ryan, way too volatile for me. He's 58 last week, 622k. Oh, look, he probably did well against West Coast this week. He not, he always um, actually does bob up. He He's a sneaky one for the um, Ross Glendening medal, um, FYI, for those who don't mind a punt. Um, gamble responsibly, of course, but, um, yeah, not for fantasy. Nick Newman, uh, pretty decent last week, 617k. Oh, I don't mind it, but he's put up some volatile scoring this year. Oh, look, you'd just spend up and just get Stuart and be sure of it, wouldn't you? Lockie Hunter does have ownership, so I'm not going there. 66 last week, so he's putting up some um, pretty poor scores there. 617k, not a target, and I'll probably looking to get off if I did own you. Yeah, I would love to get off him. I'm an owner, but I can't. Got too many other issues. Now, if Sam Walsh admits, I do like this pick. Matthew Kennedy, 613k, Jeff. Another one I own and proudly own, and yeah, just keep him in that midfield, and he, she'll be right. Tim Kelly has had his knee injury issues this year, 609k. I'm looking at other options, Jeff. Yeah, he's playing injured, and um, it's not a great uh, not a great thing, so uh, avoid him. Elliot Yo started like a house on fire last night. It was really a contested game in the wet, so that was almost perfect conditions for Yo. Mm-hmm. So 103 points he finishes up with. I don't mind the pick, and I think that game this week could be contested again against Fremantle, so 599k, I don't mind it, but yeah, he has been pretty decent over recent weeks, I would imagine, Jeff. Yeah, look, if if you were, and I say if, you're going to pick one inside West Coast mid, it'll be Yo, because he's just a brute, mm. and he just loves to tackle, and, and those plus fours add up, so yeah, uh, look, if for someone that cheap, it's the wrong for me. Dion Prestia, 595k, probably looking at other options, although I don't mind it, but yeah, other options for me, Jeff. 
God, if I traded him in, I reckon that's pretty much assurance he'd pop another calf, so no no for me. Oh, is it coming? 116 last week, so a little bit of volatility recently, 592k. I'm, I'm holding if I've got him, Jep. Oh, of course you're holding. Um, yeah, there's this history with this player, isn't it, for the whole season, so you can't trade him in and you can't trade him out. It's a bit mm. of a weird one. Ryan Burton has been really decent last few weeks, so 111 points again, 589k. I pretty much said I wouldn't do it last week, but now I'm really warming to him now. So if you need a defender, Jeb, oh, I don't mind the pick. So he's at 589k. Yeah, and that's these are the examples of players where we're, in these last two weeks you can go at Ryan Burton for that cheap, you know? Like, it's not... That's not as crazy as it sounds so definitely look at it Caleb Sarong won 18 points last week 586k Andrew Brayshaw out of that team he's probably in a pretty decent spot here Jip you got to get amongst it mate I, um, I love Sarong as a player and a, as his intent and you know he always wants to win and do well and do well for his team so yeah jump on James Harms 581k provides uh, some flexibility there I'm probably looking at other options however Jip yeah, no, couldn't do it, not even at this point. Um, yeah, there's way better options, isn't there? Patrick Cripps, 564k, just a straight-up no for me. <laughs> yeah, no way. Uh, Joel Selwood, uh, round 23 versus Melbourne won't be too easy, 560k, uh, that's a no for me. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Jordan Ridley, way too volatile for me, 558k, Jet. Well, his current owners are hoping for, for something pretty decent against um, the Suns this week, so... Yeah, uh, if you're a non-owner, you wouldn't go there just because of the sheer risk of what he's produced. Jack Scrimshaw, now halfback role in defence for the Hawks there, 119 points last week, 554k. You know, I think at this price, Jip, I, re- I think it's really good value, and I don't mind the pick. A uh, wholly unique, Jip, uh, it's a yes for me. Yeah, I don't mind it either, and he's actually someone I'd, I'd harp on my lists and notes that I make throughout the season. He's actually on my list for next year too. Jeremy Howe, uh, 67 points disappointing last week. I thought he was in a pretty good spot to put up a ceiling game. Uh, 553k. Um, I don't mind it, but yeah, I'd pretty much rather scrimshaw that 190 points last week at 554k, Jep. Yeah, I mean, and, and Brian Burton for that matter as well is around that mark. So yeah, I agree with that. Dan Houston back in town last week, 530k. I think if you got him, it's a hold. <laughs> Yeah, but I traded him last week, mate, and then he goes and tons up. So mm. his current owners can thank me for that. It's uh, <laughs> It was always going to happen, wasn't it? Okay, we're going to do some key players for the listeners. Thank you for sending those in. We are going to do a seven-pack to finish off with. All right, Jeff, yes or no, uh, like or dislike? Taron Thomas, like for me. Love. Adam Trelaw, I'm going to say dislike. Yeah, dislike too. Connor Nash, at that price point, it's a like. Well, it's a like for, obviously, as bench cover. So that um, forward bench at, as that cheap, and that's what you're looking at. So like for that. Josh Dunkley is a no. Dislike. Yeah, yeah dislike for me too. Patrick Dangerfield, it's a dislike. Big dislike, for sure. Jed Anderson, dislike. No, dislike for Jed as well. And Carl Amon, I'm on the fence here. Pretty decent matchup this week. It's your left field pick. Am I going like or dislike? I actually might say like Egypt. Yeah, I, I really like it. I think um, that's a way to to gain rank. Is is a player like Amon who 
Oh, you know, he scored 110 against Carlton last time they played earlier this year. So there's a bit of food for thought, and dogs won't tag him in the last round either. All right, Jep, final thoughts ahead of round 22. Yeah, look, just have the backup. Um, hold on for your trades for as long as possible. Um, make sure you trade in the high-ceiling players. Yeah, for me, it's really keeping an eye on news this week. We are two rounds to go and missing out on any crucial piece of information uh, could it impact your trades and impact your decision-making process. So definitely keep an eye on news. All right, Jep, that is it for episode 109. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.